welcome to another episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Coming to you with irregular regularity from the pastures of uh, Nolansville, Tennessee, or as our guest today, Tom Jackson, characterized it, basically Missouri, right? <laughs> uh, no. It's out here. Now, actually, we're here in the, in, uh, the beautiful, lovely <clears throat> confines of Flyby West music. I love the studio. Yeah. Uh, I'm your, I guess, I'm your friend and sometimes host, <laughs> Nate Larkin. Don't, don't ever trust anyone that needs to say they're your friend. <laughs> that is just a lie. Okay. But, but Nate, you, you are a friendly man. Yeah, I'm, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vouch for you even though you said that. All right. All right. And that, of course, was Aaron Porter, the Commodore. The co-host coming to us live via the worldwide interweb from space. San Luis Obispo, oh. California. From space, that's right. <laughs> and uh, Newton is here. See. Si. Yeah, manning the board, filling in for Mondo. Yeah. Yeah. Doing my best. Okay. Ingenuity. Which, which is which is Mondo's worst. <laughs> Ingenuity. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Which is like ingenuity, only worse. Okay. Yeah. All right. Super. <laughs> Just less cutting edge. Right. All right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, guys. Shut up and hit the space Are you bar. saying we got the second engineer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. We do. We have. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that was the voice of our guest for today, an old friend, a guy I dearly love. Tom Jackson's with us. Thanks for coming over and joining us. It's great to be here. Yeah. It yeah. is. Now, Tom Jackson, he's one of the, the old, original group of... Uh, Pirate monks, right? Yeah, yeah. He hung around in the very early days and put his mark upon the society. And uh... ooh, peed on it. That's what all, that sounds like. Yeah, all, yeah, while, yeah, yeah. all while being a Hall of Fame linebacker for the Denver, Denver Broncos. <laughs> Host for ESPN. Right. <laughs> See, Peyton needs to. <laughs> Newton, did you just make a sports reference joke I did. there? Yeah, I did. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that went so right is there a football past player Aaron. Named Tom Jackson, is that yes. what I'm guessing? Yes. Okay, yeah. good. Thank you for catching me up. Yep, yep. Very good. So you weren't a part of the Pirate Monk group that came to California, though. How did you miss that trip? Uh, I travel probably more than anybody I know. Yeah, he lives on airplanes. I do. I've been home 12 days in the last 90. Whoa. Mm. So how did you find the, the Pirate Monks to begin with? I want to hear that story. Oh, my gosh. Do you know that story? Uh, Nate and I went to church together. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And he wanted to start this thing, and we yeah. we had a meeting. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really pretty simple. Yeah. And actually, you wanted it to be small at first. Yeah, yeah. And and you, you were so, at the first meeting. Right? Uh, yes, test yeah. subject. I was. <laughs> and you brought bunker. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. see, I like you already. If yeah. you brought bunker, in. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. sweet, beautiful man. Tom and Bunker go way back. Uh, yeah, 20 years. Yeah, being as they, you know, you're knocking the around industry. in the music industry all yeah. those years. Yeah. 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 We become good friends. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, I got to get this off my chest. I want to, I, I want to share the memory while it's still fresh. Let's just say that. I'm feeling uh, like I just got out of jail. Oh. Uh, because I basically just got out of jail. No, I went, uh, Allie and I, last this last weekend, we just got home last night, from the uh, United States Military uh, Disciplinary Barracks, the military's wow. penitentiary at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. Wow. 
where they're getting the Samson Society going. Really? How cool oh, is that? Sweet. Oh, Actually, that is very cool. They can't call it the Samson Society because the warden, the commandant, the general in charge of the thing, uh, doesn't want societies in the prison, right? Sure. That, guy, that could that could turn gang-like or yeah. whatever. You know, those pirate monks when they get together. So it's just called... It's the pirate monks versus the Aryans in the yard today. <laughs> so it's just called Samson Group. All right. Uh, and it's taken them months and months and reams of paperwork to get approval. Uh, but they do have approval and they'll begin. So I met with the five inmates who are uh, responsible for the launch of the thing along with the chaplain and uh, and then went to a chapel service in the in the penitentiary on Sunday and uh, you know I'll tell you what nothing will make you appreciate freedom more than spending a few hours behind walls and behind bars unbelievable yeah hmm. yeah and uh, and then I was just so uh, convicted about how easily I forget that those people exist. Uh, I've been haunted lately. The who reason you, I accepted the invitation to go, well, I was just out of sight, out of mind. You know, most of the people uh, in prison, if they're in for an extended length of time, if they're married, 95% of the marriages end in divorce. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I spent 30 minutes with a guy who I've corresponded with. He wrote to me after reading the book, and uh, he's a guy who's in for 25 years. He's been in six. Um, he hasn't had a visitor yet. Wow. Hasn't had a visitor yet. No. Wow. No. Uh, that's tough, isn't it? Yeah. Tough isn't even the word. Right. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, but we have a huge uh, prison population in this country. We incarcerate a, a larger percentage of our population than any other nation in the developed world. And um, We do. We do. And it's so easy to forget those folks. I've been haunted lately by the words of Jesus who said, I was in prison and you didn't visit me. So uh, anyway, it was... Yeah, uh, I don't know if it still exists, but there used to be a program out here called the M2 program, the Match 2 program. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a giant state hospital in Atascadero here and then a big uh, prison in San Luis. Yeah. And I grew up, my dad would always get matched up with a guy at the state hospital. And sometimes yeah. he'd go, you know, he'd just visit them a couple times a month, go play games. My dad used to take me. I remember going to the state hospital and playing checkers. But it was really? so cool to have an organization that made it uh, easy because getting yeah. in, even as a pastor, when someone's in prison and wants me to come, there are so many just oh. hoops to jump through just to oh, get yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's, it was so nice to have a program where they, they made it easy. You sign up. They, they do all the work to get your background <laughs> stuff in. And you would be with that person as long as they were in. And then uh, you were committed to drive them wherever they needed to go when they got out. So I, I always remember my dad taking trips to drive guys back home. Oh wow! Uh, so it was just a, it was just such a cool program, and it 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 allows you to do the Matthew twenty five thing. Because yeah. so many, I think there are people with desires, but then they're like, where do you start? You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah. not a simple process. The Matthew twenty five thing. Let's yeah. talk about that sometime today. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. what's the rest of the scripture? Mm -hmm. 
I was uh, hungry and you didn't feed mm -hmm. me, naked and you didn't clothe mm -hmm. me. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get onto uh, this. This gets close to Tom's heart and drives an awful lot of what he does, and I look forward to getting there. Well, uh, bring us up to speed, Aaron. What what's uh, happening in your world? I do know that you uh, a musical project has come to fruition, and you got the great new album out. Yeah, is that this week? We're we're doing that this week. I don't. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what. No, I just love uh, uh, Of the Ground. And you know what? We'll play songs uh, from that album uh, on this show. We'll do it on the next show. Talk some more about it next week. Uh, in fact, Aaron, why don't, why, don't we play, uh, why don't we play one of those cuts right now? We'll be back in a moment here on the Pirate Monk Podcast.
restless wanderer, broken child, heed the sound, heed the sound. Raise your head from shameful hiding and be found, and be found. was the first cutoff uh, Aaron Porter's new album of the ground whispered uh, and what a what what's the story behind the song there Aaron uh, that that one's just about the lies of the serpent mm-hmm. uh, which is always trying to steal our identity which uh, is called the the serpentine soul suicide mm-hmm. in the song yeah. he wants us to destroy ourselves he wants us to <laughs> Make ourselves God. Uh, that's that's the funny thing. I don't see anywhere in Scripture that Satan is trying to make himself God. Pretty much that didn't work out for him, and he was cast cast down from on high. And from then on, what's he doing? First thing is trying to tell Eve, "Hey, come on, do this, and you'll be like, like God." God. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think we sometimes look a lot at idols. Like, what's an idol in my life? Well, the bottom line is. You're an idol in your life. Ooh. That's why you want the idols, because they serve you. It's yeah. always about serving you. So finding an identity in Christ and discovering what the gospel means day to day is really the only way to deal with the, quote, idols in our life, yeah. because then we'll have a real Lord on the throne. And this is a really tough process. I mean, to me, this is a major part of the work of recovery is coming to term with, terms with the facts in a in detailed way that I am not omnipotent hmm. <laughs> because I operated for years as the, and still want to think that I am, that I'm not omniscient, right? Uh, that I'm not omnibenevolent, although I might want to convince everybody that I'm, you know, I, uh, that I'm not omnipresent. Uh, it takes me time to get from one place to another. Uh, yeah. But it's a, uh, when we when when we can find and if only for a moment stay within our created place, right? To get right sized, to become uh, a man among men, part of the created order, 
that is a very peaceful place to be. Uh, when I forget that and I allow myself to get conned back into uh, following my messianic aspirations and trying to be God again, that's very stressful. It's a big, big job to be God. Uh, yeah. Even in my you, experience, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll. You know what? At the next break, we'll we'll play Javert, which is mm-hmm. tells that story in a little more detail. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's pulling from uh, the the title Javert never comes up in the song, but it's a little hint to Les Mis and that sure, character. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, because it's about two sons, the son of Abraham and the son of Adam, representing the son of the law and the son of sin who's of the first adam but then finds rebirth and is now son of the second adam uh, or the last adam so it's following their stories uh and so it's kind of a the gospel told in the badlands in a western song between two brothers and at the end uh the the son of the law has to take justice by his own hand which sounds like he's killing the other brother which the law did kill Jesus. But then in Les Mis, we also know that because the law couldn't stand up to grace, Javert takes his own life. So the listener will have to decide what the end of that song is. Wow. Lots and lots of symbolism in that song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Terrific. Okay, I need the record. <laughs> oh, we don't call it records anymore. No, yeah. What do we call it now? I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't. I can't, I can't stop calling them records or albums. Well, I gotta tell yeah, you, me neither. Yeah, me neither. Aaron, uh, this is the first time you've met Tom, but Tom actually is uh, responsible in a in an around uh, a roundabout way for you and I meeting. Really, Tom, Tom worked very. Should he apologize for Tom that? worked yeah. very closely <laughs> for years and years for World Vision and helped develop their very successful um, child sponsorship program and the artist associate. Uh, yeah, artist associate program. Okay. Yeah. And Sylvia uh, and, Lang was obviously doing that. Yeah. So years late, years ago, not long after we met, Tom, through his connections with World Vision, recommended me to them, and they invited me to come down and speak to their artists' retreat yep. in Orlando, yep. which is where I met Sylvia Lang. I'm uh, sorry. And we made a <laughs> we made a great connection with Sylvia, and then. I, 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 she identified herself early on as a person in recovery, and I was just uh, writing the book proposal for Samson and the Pirate Monks, wanted another set of eyes on it, bounced it out to Sylvia. Apparently, not long before, she met with Aaron for some... Now, she used to come up and play music with us uh, once or twice a year. Yeah. And I was having to do that purity conference talking about porn and masturbation and fantasy yeah and we were at mexican food and i was complaining about the fact that i had to do that by myself yeah and it's you know there's only so much masturbation you can talk about all day long to college students and she's like i know a guy that that really loves to masturbate <laughs> so she can phrase it exactly like that but that's what i understood yeah, yeah that's yeah. what i heard yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's when i called you and we chatted for like two hours or three hours yeah yeah so yeah so there you go. Well, thank you for that connection. Yeah, yeah. And it's a small world Lang. after all. That's right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Well, that's, uh, that, that's who people should download, Sylvia the Voice. Man, <laughs> she's amazing. <laughs> We're going to have her on the podcast. 
she'll be she'll be on shortly. We had her scheduled once, and then due to technical difficulties, we had to reschedule. But she's she, right. she's in the queue. I didn't know you were still in touch with her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She uh, butt I, calls I, me about I, once a week. Really? <laughs> she, well, they see because your name is A A R. I, uh. I, I get I get butt called all the time, but she by far is the most consistent. Okay, and she continues to maintain that it's entirely accidental. (laughs) (laughs) So I hear we got a letter today. Should we get to that before we get to the official interview? Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, one moment, let me open up the mailbox. Uh, Means I'm gonna have to make you go away from the screen for just a second here. Okay. Aaron. And uh, here we go. See, what the listeners don't know is uh, Nate is now holding his laptop. His camera's still on, so though he can't see me, I am looking directly up his nose, really close. And it's All right. Nose. Terrific. All right. We, got a, we, we have a question here from a listener who shall remain nameless. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a smartphone question. Says, hello, gentlemen. I absolutely love this podcast. Please, in the name of all that is good, keep up the good work. My question, I'm hoping you can answer and discuss, centers on smartphones, specifically iPhones. Recovering from porn and a sex addiction has left me to this point without a smartphone because of the ability to access the internet so easily. I wanted to keep my distance. I have filters on our home computers and my work computer, and I want to make sure that any other technology we have is the same. So my question is, do you have smartphones? And if so, what precautions and steps do you take to lock it down in regards to the porn? He says some of the men in our group have, uh, will have the other men lock their phones after adjusting the settings and filtered browsers, etc. He says, I know that filters and such do not take the place of the heart work needed to keep sober, but I do want to do all I can to guard my way. Anything you guys can contribute in the way of wisdom and experience is greatly welcomed. Again, the podcast is amazing and far and away my favorite of all time. No one gets to the heart of the matter with such frankness and honesty and clarity and wisdom and humor and fun like you guys do. And it means so much to me. I tell every guy I know in the group to make sure they listen. I like this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good letter. We need more of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll address this because I've just been uh, redoing stuff in our household. Uh, I, I think Covenant Eyes is going to be the cheapest for anybody with multiple devices who wants uh, a pretty thorough answer to that. Yeah. You get, you get one account for your family. Uh, iPhones are way easier to deal with than uh, Android devices, so good good on you on the iPhone front. Uh, once you get Covenant Eyes, you can put it on your iPad and your iPod and your home computers, and it's going to set up a separate browser, which works really nicely. <laughs> you then go into your settings, take off Safari, take off uh, any other browsers, and then you also need to put that restriction on uh, on your iPhone, and there's the button or your iPad that uh, puts the restrictions. There's going to be a four-digit code, and I just have my wife. Uh, she's the keeper of the code in our family, and you take off add apps. Right. So basically nobody can add any apps. So you can't yeah. put Safari or YouTube back on those things. 
You do all your browsing through Covenant Eyes. Uh, it has a good filter that's nicely gauged for different ranges because there's nothing worse than having a filter that blocks absolutely everything. Yeah, right. Uh, so they do a good job, and there's ones for the kids as well that restricts a lot more. And it sends an accountability report just like Triple X Church does. So if you yeah. want to go the free route, you can always get Triple X Church, which will also put a browser on your iPad or iPod. And then you still have to switch off Safari and switch off the buying apps and have somebody else have that code for restrictions. Yeah, I think I also as a user of an iPhone, um, Covenant Eyes, in my experience, is by far the best of the solutions. Mm -hmm. Apple has within Safari parental controls that you can turn on, but it's like using a hammer when you need a scalpel. Right. Uh, so Brooke is pregnant. I cannot go to pregnancy websites because of parental controls. Right, 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 you know? right. <laughs> right. Um, so that proved to be more of a source of frustration, which frankly just made me want to go jerk off because I was so pissed. <laughs> you know, it it's made, triggering me. It's yeah. triggering me. <laughs> the anger made things worse. Yeah. So I turned off parental controls, and I actually don't have filters on my uh, on my phone right now. Yeah. Because I mean, there are limitations. I mean, unless they've changed it, Aaron, and and you may you may know because you still use it. Uh, there are limitations and, and things that you have to work around within Covenant Eyes, like uh, it disactivates links within email or deactivates links within email. Yeah. So because it, it's wanting to look for that native Safari browser, you have right. to kind of work around really, that. I've, I've had people complain about that, and all you got to do is you know hold it down and yeah, it'll highlight it. it and hit copy, and you right. just copy and paste yeah, it in. Yeah, it's, it's not the end of the world. It limits some of the functionality and the cool things that the iPhone or the iPad can do, like Siri and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, having that hurdle there, that barrier there, I mean, it's a, to me, it's a fair trade-off. Um, but as yeah. the writer said, <laughs> as the listener said, I guess, it's not a substitute. A filter is not a substitute for reaching out and having community and talking to people and, right. and all that. Right, right, right. right. But it gives it, – yeah, I want to address both those things, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, first is we'll, – we'll start backwards. It's not a substitute. Uh, I knew a guy struggling with porn that – would always quote, I just want the things of this earth to grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Mm -hmm. I don't want a filter to keep me from sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's that's awesome. That's <laughs> Well, let me know how that works <laughs> next week when you come back to tell me what you looked at. <laughs> yeah, how many yeah, yeah. times you jacked off. Yeah. Uh, so that that was just, you know, if you got a broken leg, put a cast in. Yeah, yeah. you're not going to run for a while, but you'll be real thankful there's a cast for a while while it heals. Yeah. So... Uh, there's that. The other part is uh, so many people talk about the inconveniences that come up if they put these filters and things like that on. Yeah. It all comes down to how much do you actually want this? There was life before Siri. Yep. You know, the, you, when you just had to type crap into your, with your thumbs or whatever, and there was even life before a smartphone. So really limiting some of the convenience. Yeah, if you really want to make it easier on yourself in a hard struggle, then just suck it up and do what you got to do and stop whining about amazing things that you still get to do. Whining. Stop it. Nice. That's like the that's like the recovery version of Lewis C.K.'s technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I love that. <laughs> Every, I everything love is that. awesome yeah. and nobody's happy. Um, <laughs> Covenant Eyes is awesome and Newton's not happy. <laughs> by, by Aaron Porter. <laughs> uh, by the way, let me let me chime in here. I 
concluded at some point several years ago that the iPhone, uh, it was going to be too easy for me. I'm a Mac guy anyway. My laptop's a Mac. Uh, I don't know. I, I was afraid that it was going to be too easy to get to porn on an iPhone. So I went Android. And I've got Covenant Eyes on my Android and on my laptop and on my Kindle. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as I know, it seems to be operating just fine. Uh, yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah when yeah. I had an Android phone, I mean, a couple of years ago, Covenant Eyes or Triple X, I forget which I used at the time, worked really well. Yeah. I mean, it, and the, at the time, Apple wasn't allowing things like that. Safari was the only browser you could use, and they've yeah. since changed that. So you've got you've got options both ways, but it is. I mean, I think what we're Aaron, Aaron and I are, and you are probably all saying is. It's not the ultimate fix. No, I mean, if I I can put all the filters I want on my <laughs> on my computer, on my phone, I, I can yeah. do whatever I want. And if I want a way around that, I will find a way around that. Right. I, the to me, those filters and those barriers are there to slow me down to act as speed bumps that I eventually say, "Holy shit, what am I doing?" Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm gonna call somebody. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But of course, you say such unholy words only in your head. So as to maintain the facade of Christian purity. Yeah, I've given up on holding the swear words in this week. <laughs> so, hey, there's, there's one other thing that I think is really good for us to think about. Um, sometimes just taking the, uh, the Internet off of a device, uh -huh. I mean, that just seems like, what? How could I do that? Yeah. It's pretty cool when you find yourself uh, waiting for an appointment in a coffee shop, something like that, that you just have to sit yeah. and be quiet for a little bit. Yeah. And sometimes you almost have to force. I mean, I have, I am always surrounded by devices that I can just look up some entertaining news yeah. or check something out or watch some some YouTube clips that'll entertain me. Yeah. And I, I think of, uh, did you ever real, read Neil Postman's book, Amusing Ourselves Amusing to Death? Amusing Ourselves to Death, yes. Yeah, was that back in like the mid-'80s? Yeah. Uh, I wish everybody would read that book, and it's pretty unbelievable that he wrote that before mm -hmm. Internet was even available. Yeah. It is one of the most prophetic books for how we were going to utterly destroy ourselves in yeah. the way we are. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, have, have some pieces of your life that don't have technology in it. It's okay. Very It'll be all right. It might hurt at first, really. I mean, it'll hurt your mind. It'll hurt your heart. But give it a shot. Try it for a month. See what happens. Mm. Mm. And with that, uh, we'll be back. Uh, listen to Javert. We'll be back in a moment on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Badland ways one destined for the falling. Old Abe raised his child's dream, kept checked by Rod and Stone. But boys must test in their own ways and soon went into town. And both them boys found out that they were made out of the ground. Of the grounds, of the grounds, of the grounds, of the grounds. Father's son, them horrid nights and bloody fights would not see him undone. He stood
stood ablaze with fists both raised, shouts to hear the sound. But somewhere there's a father knows he's made out of the ground, of the grounds, of the grounds, of the grounds, of the grounds. Justice by his hand to the ground, to the ground, to the ground, to the ground, to the ground. conversation with Tom. Uh, Time has been sitting in with us on today's uh, today's show. Um, I'd love for our listeners to hear a little bit of your story. You know, you've got a you've got a great love for kids and a concern uh, for justice. Uh, The 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 uh, 
the poor are uh, ever on your mind? Because, and I sense that has something to do with your own personal experience. Can you give us a little thumbnail of of uh, childhood and? Uh, oh wow! Yeah, you're. Uh, I you know I don't know if it really does have anything to do with my childhood. I never oh. thought about it. Uh huh. Um, raised in New York. Normal parents moved to Southern Cal. Yeah. Uh, lived in San Diego for 30 years. Converted when I was 22. Uh-huh. <coughs> years ago. Uh, <laughs> you were an athlete, ball player? I, well, I left sports. Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those things, though, in the food chain where you, um, you're the best athlete in elementary school you're one of the best ones in junior high <laughs> you're a little bit le- then by the time you get to college you're like you know at the bottom of the totem pole of real athletes yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so i went to music so, so i went to music instead <laughs> <laughs> so pause here 22 years old southern california calvary what, chapel looks like calvary chapel say, you look like you must be smack dab in the middle of the jesus people i was <laughs> okay i look so, like it what does that mean <laughs> no, no, I, I was more talking your age. age. Okay, I, I've got a lot of Jesus people friends. You got no, the right no. age for it. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, my wife actually sang at Calvary Chapel San Diego when there were eighteen people, uh, and led worship there for three, four, five, six years. Mm-hmm. Mike mm-hmm. McIntosh, mm-hmm. Chuck, in uh, Costa Mesa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what what convinced then I got you, saved? Yeah, what convinced you of your need of the gospel? You're 22. Uh well, I was raised Catholic. Yeah, and nothing. I know there's a lot of believers that are Catholic. Uh, in fact, they just sent my kids to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I, I don't know. I guess a revelation. I mean, <laughs> different revelations. I guess God was pursuing me. Mm-hmm. You know, one night I was completely stoned on LSD and I had a revelation like, oh, my gosh, I got to figure it out. How to get to heaven is to be perfect. And then there was this exhilaration and then the realization like, oh, I'm screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, children, LSD can bring you visions from Jesus. Yeah. But I mean, I had. I, I think I had guilt built into me uh-huh. because of the, you know, in, you know, we played the game of confession, party before, confess. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Have communion and then go back out and do the deal. Right. Uh, so I was I was raised with a lot of, I think, a lot of guilt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that can be good, that can be bad, certain, you know, conviction or, yeah, conviction. Sure, yeah. So I got convicted. I I was doing my deal. I was playing music. I was doing. It sounds so cliche, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I was doing it. Yeah, and got tired of it. Yeah. What am I doing now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Come to think of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you so you become I, a Christian. Yeah. Um. You'd been a you'd been a a working musician before then. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you had Rick Elias on this show? No, we haven't had Rick. You on need yet. to have Rick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I played with Rick Elias. I don't know if anyone knows who he is, but he fronted the. Uh, he wrote a lot of the songs for uh, that thing you that do. That thing you do, yeah. Oh. Uh, when Rich Mullins died, he took over the fronting of. Yeah. Uh, what the, the what was the name Ragamuffin of that band? band. Ragamuffin, yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, so we played together in a band. That's the point. Yeah. Help and got him help got him signed to a record deal at Frontline in Southern Cal in the late seventies. Uh, I toured. Uh huh. And I had I've had three bands. Never made it famous. No. But we worked right all the time. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing you learned. Uh, this is what what so uh, intrigues me about what you do. I, I think you have a God-given instinct which you have honed through artistry and uh, you know ho- close observation. You, uh, you have an ab- an ability to connect with an audience. Okay. Yep. And uh, <laughs> no. you were waiting for him to say and. yes. Yeah. Uh huh. So, so that uh, you know, I've heard stories of you know you. you You'd open for another band, and you'd just, and opening bands typically get ignored while everybody's yeah. finding their seats. Yeah. But you could get their attention. No, I learned. We learned the, the performance skills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's why I do what I do. I'm a live music producer. I get people ready to go out on tour. Yeah. I put their shows together, and so I I fell in love with the craft of performance, mm-hmm. the craft of, and, and, and again, you know, I think it's okay on this show. But, you know, you go into a church and the word isn't perform, it's minister. And I mean, uh-huh. after a while, I just want to take a, a baseball bat and hit somebody. But it's like, what is it? Is it performance? Is it ministry? Is it, it, it the question is, how do I emotionally connect with an audience? Right. Uh, without, without being a whore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you can do it verbally, visually, musically. There's multiple ways from the stage. Yeah. And by the grace of God, and I mean that, I've, that's my gig. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, so so I, I, there's going to be a follow-up question that Nate and I were talking about earlier. But first, like, I can't imagine, I, I just can't even picture what you do. You're, you're sitting down with artists saying, like, here's the way a set could flow to draw people in. Here's, like, what exactly do you do as a live music producer? Huh. Create moments. It's funny you say that because uh, I got a call from, I don't know if you guys know what Winter Jam is. It's this oh, yeah. massive. So I got a call last night from one of the groups. Our set's not working. They went out and did West Coast. Mm-hmm. So I'm flying out in a couple days to get on the bus to try and rework their show before January 1st. Because mm-hmm. um, they're doing a Christmas tour right now. Yeah, right. Um, what do I do? Uh, well, really, if you go down this road, I... I um, I have an analogy, and the analogy is it's like building a house. First thing is, oh, I'm an architect. I got to get a vision for the show. Uh, it's not just a matter of see what most musicians do is they write music and they have it, then they go out on stage and hope something is going to happen. If if it's a, a songwriter, they think oh, it's the lyrics, the lyrics, the lyrics. If it's a guitar player, it's like it's my my guitar playing it. And and really, it's it's all the above, but I got to get a vision for the show. What what is this about? What are you about? How will we make that emotional connection through the arrangements of the songs? I I'm constantly. I think the thing that I've fallen into is I I rearrange songs. I take records that are made for radio, mm-hmm. and I turn them into uh, a performance. My analogy is this: the song is like a sitcom. Sitcoms, 22 minutes long, eight minutes of commercials. 
the riders know that they've got 22 minutes. They don't have 28 minutes. They don't have 16 mm-hmm. minutes. They got 22 minutes. So their their jokes, whatever it is, has to fit into that. Now you take that. Let's take the Simpsons. They did a they did a movie three four years mm-hmm. ago. So what do you need to do to do a movie? Uh, the question I always ask the students I teach is, okay, so how long's a good movie? And I hear ninety minutes, two hours, and it's like no, as long as it works, mm-hmm. that's the key. That's a good movie. If it was ninety minutes, you know, I can name a million movies that would, but I've seen movies that are ninety minutes that are <laughs> too long too. Yeah, right, right. right. So. So what you do is you develop two things. You develop themes and characters. The themes are the musical things inside your songs that are awesome, that you know are awesome, but the audience doesn't because audiences are ignorant. So what you do is, like, if you got a great groove, everyone, if you're putting a show together, if everyone in the world wants to groove, I don't care if you're sitting and you're 80 years old and you're Mm -hmm. toe-tapping, that's a groove to them. Right. So what we do is we showcase the groove. Rather than have it buried underneath the melody, lyrics, blah, 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 and hope that the audience gets it, mm-hmm. we put it in front of them and say, groove. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then what, a vocal thing, a musical thing, a lyrical thing, a message, a fun thing. Not, not many artists sit around and think about, how do I really make the audience have fun? I ask them. Do you have fun in your show? He goes, of course we have fun. I'm like, I'm not talking about you. Yeah. It's musical masturbation. Yeah. So, no, I don't care about you getting off. I want your audience to get off. Right, 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 right. So you rearrange the song into, so I take songs, turn them into movies. I take uh, albums and turn them into movies is what I do. Create those moments that are memorable. And then, you know, if I do it right, product sales go through the roof because people go to the table to relive those moments. Mm-hmm. They don't, they'll, now here's where the musicians blow it is they think, um, someone comes up and goes, where's that song? But here's, you know, just so they think it's the song, but it's not. There's really what they're saying is, where's that song that made me feel that way? Because I want to feel that way again when I put the CD in. Right. And so you create enough of those and, you know, uh, merch goes berserk. Uh, that's one thing I'm, you know, known for is bumping merch up. A young lady so, who who I won't mention, right. who who is all over the world right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her merch went up six hundred percent after I worked with her for five days. Quick follow up question: Where were you in my life fifteen years ago? <laughs> <laughs> so, so have you ever had? Well, with with that in mind, have yep. you ever had a person? Who really, uh, personality-wise, they are not—they are not a kind person. They are not a uh, compassionate person. But you're teaching them to get on stage and be—be be a persona that makes people feel like, "Hey, he's serving me, or she's serving me, and I'm having fun." Or does their stage performance often follow who they are off the stage? Good question. Next. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, no, I get it. I get it. Uh, I haven't worked with any unkind people. Oh, I like it. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. You know, I, I try to find, uh, and honestly, I look at some of these, I work with a lot of mainstream artists. Probably 70% of my work is mainstream now. And I look at it as a ministry. I could tell you 50 times I spoke 
scripture into Taylor's head. Mm-hmm. Um, because because I'm yeah. trying to bring life to her and and encourage her and yeah. uh, doing it right now with the group Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, they had that song "Why You Have to Be So Rude." Yeah. Um, and they're 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 a piece of work. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Are they unkind? No. Are they lost? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know. So so let me flip the question around. Since you are the master of the performance, how often do you catch people in normal settings, maybe a dinner party, at a coffee shop, and you can see, oh, good performance that person's putting on right now. Clearly a performance, but they're good at it. Do you see the performance in real life off the stage happening? Sometimes, yeah. Usually I'm a little too drunk to... to uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, right there, I'm not actually talking about artists necessarily. But no, I'm no, talking about I, I get what you're church. saying. No, no, honestly, the truth is no. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, I'm probably one of the worst at it. Because I'm not looking for it. First mm-hmm. of all, I'm running from that job. Uh-huh. Um, so I trust everybody. That is my, that is my biggest, one mm-hmm. of my biggest down. It's my, one of my strengths. It's one of my biggest weaknesses. When the doorbell rings in our house, and someone is selling something, my wife runs down the thing because if I open the door and they tell me this thing will fly through the air, you know what? Yeah. I'm buying it because they're telling me the truth. Because, yeah. <laughs> honey, that... honey, we don't need another Kirby vacuum or set of knives. <laughs> it's absolutely true. It's a... So I have to bounce things off her because I, I, I have the naivete of believing people. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. Because I like to be treated that way, too. Yeah, I guess, but it's also just part of my personality. So, and also, I will not. When I'm off work, I'm off work. So I'm it, it's rolling over me. I mean, I'm sure I notice it at times or something. Yeah, you know, but uh, I don't go to clubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only time I ever go to clubs is when an artist is playing. I I live in Nashville in L.A. and the only time, I bet I've gone to see a show five times in in 35 years that I was not doing because it's work to me. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know if that answered your question, but I I really, I really don't. It's like when I listen to music, there's no way I listen to the groups I work with Mm -hmm. or or Mm -hmm. pop music or country music. I listen to some obscure stuff like Spongle or... I know, I've uh, been to your house and you've put this stuff on. It's like, (laughs) this is uh, Icelandic yeah. Uh, jazz. Af- yeah. African, Afro Celt sound system. <laughs> <laughs> it's African rhythms, Celtic melodies, and electronica stuck in the middle. Peter Gabriels likes it, so I do too. But, uh, <laughs> but it's so because it's not music I'm going to work on. Right. Yeah. So I can, I can enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. If I'm a cook and I'm sitting there evaluating everything that I'm eating, it's, yeah. I'm not enjoying the meal anymore. Right. Yeah. So, so it's sort of that analogy, dude. So here, here's what I, this was something that I, something I've developed, I guess, or learned only in the last few years since I've been in recovery. For the longest time, I attached my vocation to my identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is, yeah. I don't do that. I don't know if I do or not. I, I don't hear it. All right. You know, well, like that, it's, yeah, it's work. You, you decide you know? uh, because... And actually, it's funny you say that because I thought about that this morning in the shower. I'm like, is this? Because I am so, I'm so busy. It's it's beyond belief 
and I keep thinking at some point this is going to. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would retire if this was all there was. I'd mm. retire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. But there's more to do. Yeah. So, uh, so, but so sometimes I probably do get it mixed up, and a lot of people try to put it on me, whether I put it on me or not, because sure. I'm the guy that works with this and this and this and this and and and. I, I, it's, I don't know if it's part of my identity or not. I'm sure it is in some way, but mm. I don't try. To. Yeah. I like just being a guy. Yeah. You know, I, I'll go home, just get in my slippers and watch Winnie the Pooh if I have to. Because <laughs> I just, the simple things of life is what yeah. I relish right now. Because yeah, but it's, but it's something you're good at and it's something that you do vocationally. But just as we were talking before we even started recording, it's not, I mean, you're passionate about it, yeah. but it's not your sole passion. No, I'm tired of it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, that's... one of the things you do, Tom, and you've been doing it for a long time, is, is find innovative ways um, to, to, to raise money for the underprivileged yeah. and the forgotten. Well, again, it's a God thing. 22 years ago, I got a call. I just taught at Gospel Music Week when there was a gospel music week yeah and it was vibrant i don't know whether i mean it wasn't authentic <laughs> go back to authentic <laughs> but it was vibrant <laughs> i mean there was definitely authenticity there yeah but it was just you know the, the yeah breaks my heart to see artists christian artists they get in the game for the right reason and then it becomes about the charts or something yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and and the irony is the charts mean nothing yeah yeah, uh, you know, you look at airplay now, and it's like you know somebody's getting thirty thousand plays, and you know some Christian artist is getting six hundred, and he's number eight on the chart. Like woohoo! Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like really, dude, this just just not that important. Yeah. But um, yeah. So twenty two years ago, I spoke at GMA. Was living in LA at the time. I got a call one day, just out of the blue. Couple of days after GMA, I saw you speak at GMA. Uh, my name's Chris. I work at World Vision. Could you con? Uh, can we have lunch? Sure. It was, you know, five eight miles away. So we had lunch. Long story short, she said, "Listen, I got this dream to start an artist program where artists represent." Uh, and Compassion was already doing it to some little degree. Mm -hmm. uh, the way, but the way they were doing, being straight up here, their business was really shoddy. They. You know, the artists didn't know what they're getting. They didn't know. Mm. It was just this mishmash. It was the way Christian, it's kind of like Christian brother, hey. Yeah. Yeah. And we went in and said, no, listen, you're labor worthy of your wages. You're helping us raise funds for the charity that, you know, and and generate our salary. You should get paid for doing it. So we put together a program. Anyways, she asked me if I would do it. And I said, would get every Christian boy would say, uh, which is I'll pray about it. Yeah. So I did. And it was really one of the prayers. I don't know how many degrees of level of prayer you would call. You know, the, the top degree is, God, help me. I yeah. don't know. You know, yeah. complete. And, and one step below that is the LSD prayer. Where it's, uh, <laughs> hey, God showed me. Oh, that was, yeah. okay. that was the one above it. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I have to turn you on someday. <laughs> Um, no, but it was, it was, a, it was like, God, if you want me to do this, but you know, I'm busy. Uh, <laughs> seriously, I, I looked at my calendar, went back and I was on the road that year, for 224 days. 
And I'm like, God, I, I just don't see how I can do this. But if you want me to do it, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. But you know, I'm busy. Yeah. Well, I had a dream. And I dreamed that I died and was walking up the gates of heaven and was met by thousands of kids that thanked me. Wow. To For doing it, for bringing the artist. That's why I'm doing it. And and I've never had a dream before, and I've never had a dream since. I, I mean, a spiritual dream. Like that, yeah. yeah. And it was not, I did not take any drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you for clarifying. It was the clearest answer to prayer I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wish I would have had that one. Lord, should I marry this woman? Yeah. <laughs> should yeah. I? <laughs> no, I got to do that by faith. <laughs> should I move to Nashville? Crap. <laughs> but so we started the artist program, and that was, I, I, you know, I have people tell me, don't even say this number because people won't believe you, but the artists that I brought to the table personally have raised over a billion dollars for the poor. As a corporate thing, we've raised, raised over $2 billion. Wow. And we've given a wow. hundred. Uh, the other half of this, though, Nate, is labor is worthier of the wages. We set up a little payment thing for the artist, and right. it's all responsible, and it's all it's like what you're talking about feeling dirty. Um, it's not dirty. A labor is worthy of the wages. They've gone out. They've they've booked the gigs. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned Winter Jam earlier. Winter Jam goes out by faith. They don't sell one ticket before the, they rent an arena. Yeah. And and we help them corporately because they bring us ten to twenty thousand sponsors every year, yeah. which means, and this is what people don't understand, that twenty thousand. Uh, let's just take one sponsor. One sponsor. If you went out and spoke and you got me one sponsor, that is worth seventeen hundred fifty dollars to the to the charity. Wow. One sponsor. I'm going to give you a hundred dollars to do that. Yeah. Now, is that a good? Is that a good way to spend my money? Mm -hmm. I think it's a fantastic way. Right. And and when someone starts to delivering a hundred, a thousand, yeah. Uh, and we over the years have got over a million kids sponsored, which is about two billion dollars. Yeah. So wow. we pay the artist a hundred dollars. They give us seventeen hundred fifty. The money's either going to go into TV, radio, print, mm -hmm. something. Yeah. To tell people to sponsor children. We'd rather give it to an artist. That's why it really hooked me in. I'm helping the poor. I'm helping the artist. It's truly, and this is so overused, but it's truly a win-win situation. Right. And that's why I do it. And I've been doing it now 22 years. And not just with World Vision. Anymore. No. <clears throat> no, I left in, in the downturn in 2008. They tried to, they were pulling back and I'm, I'm a builder. Mm -hmm. I'm not a maintainer. They wanted to maintain, keep what they had. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to get into the dirty corporate world, but I'm like, no, no, let's go. I was asked to speak at, uh, do the, the keynote at the International Bluegrass Music thing, and they wanted to expand into different genres. Yeah, yeah sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they weren't paying me enough for my mm -hmm. my services, so I went to World Vision and said, listen, can you pick up the, the balance? Yeah. I shouldn't be talking about this, but yeah. but they said no. Nobody's yeah. listening. All right, yeah, I said nobody's listening. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's. Rich Stearns is probably sitting on the other end of this, uh, president of World Vision. But the point is, uh, they said no. We have to have a guarantee of how many artists you're going to bring, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait a second, yeah, guarantee yeah, yeah. now, because yeah, because yeah. corporate had changed. There was a new VP. Oh yeah. Policy had changed, and I'm like. It's like 
I was insulted, to be yeah, quite honest. Yeah. I, I've only raised you a billion dollars. You think I have a little bit of a cork, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. a, a record? Yeah. And they, and I just said, you know what? I think I'm going to move on. Yeah. And so now I work with, and not only that, that was not the only thing. The other thing was you do one thing at World Vision, sponsored child, sponsored child, and they do this. So now I've got six charities that I work with. Mm -hmm. Everything from Project AK-47, which rescues child soldiers, to typical sponsorship things, to adoption, to those devices that you hang on a... I don't know if you guys have heard of those things. Devar, they hang this... I, I worked with Wycliffe for a little while, trying to start a program. And they, and they said, uh, we've got a 25-year program. Mm -hmm. um, do you remember... Uh, I can't even remember her name now. Jill. I think you might have met Jill. Anyways, we have a 25-year program to transform this village. And I'm like, what's taking so long? The translation shouldn't take... Well, no, we got to teach them how to read. Oh. Uh, that's part of the pro the process. Yeah. For you Canadians, that's process. Yes. So, um, so I'm like, golly. So now there's this device that someone records the word in their language. Right. It's run by solar power. Oh. They hang it from a tree or they bring it into somebody's house. Uh -huh. And the scriptures and songs and music and everything oh, cool. is right on it. And now, and, and right now the data we have is 50 to 60 people show up and listen to the, the gospel when we have one of these devices in hand. And all these native villages that, because they don't have to learn to read. Mm -hmm. They already know yeah. their language. Yeah. Yeah, so that's another charity that I work with. Uh, so I'm just, and I've got, I've got them lining up. Yeah, yeah. I've MAP, a Bunkers thing, Awana. Yeah, they yeah. all want me to help raise, ra help them raise funds. Yeah. So how so, how do people get in touch with you or in touch with some of these things you're excited about and check it out? Well, live music for the tour support. Live music cares. That's what we call a tour support. But it doesn't have to be tour support. It could be. A pastor on a Sunday morning could be a speaker. Could we have comedians um, going to meet with Paul, Rich, and Jeff Allen? Yeah, I don't yeah, know if yeah. You know those guys? Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Jeff is one of my favorite comedians. Oh, I, I love, love Paul Jeff. Too. Yeah, he's been on the show. Yeah, well, he was at World Vision Retreat. I don't know if you were there then too, but um, LiveMusicCares.com is the website. We just got that up and running. We used to run everything through my website, which is OnStageSuccess.com. That's for the performance stuff, and I think it confused people because they come in for the performance, yeah. and they see this. So we're trying to s separate it a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. To, so I just got that up. Just hired two people. I want to build that, and there's kids everywhere that need to be helped. Yeah, women, clean water, things we. What you were saying earlier, you go in those walls. What we take for granted, you come out and you go, "Holy crap!" Yeah, sure. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I. I don't know about you, but I could have been in jail about, oh, 50 times oh, by yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 80% uh, yeah. of the guys in Leavenworth are there on sex-related charges. Yeah. I'm thinking, two wrong turns, I'm yeah, there. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. The policeman shines a light in your <laughs> in your car at the wrong time. <laughs> and, and and there's Nate. We're visiting Nate. Yeah, yeah. or not visiting Nate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. for six years. That's yeah. it. That's exactly it. Wow, it's a lot going on. A yeah. lot. No wonder you're gone, but... How many days a year these days? Not 240 uh, anymore, I hope. Well, yeah, it's getting there again. But my wife is going with me. Thank you, Lord. My kids are out. Yeah. That that helps me. Helps me with sobriety. Yeah, sure. Um, 
in many ways, yeah. sobriety. Um, but yeah, which we didn't even talk about, which is okay. But the funny part is, uh, the I'm speaking more than ever before too. I yeah. speak at conferences, but I just booked literally in the last week uh, 26 dates of speaking. Wow! Yeah, all came in at one time. Amazing. Yeah, it is. So speaking on performance. Yeah. But I like the speaking engagements because I'm speaking to artists and I can talk to them about the tour support. I believe God gave me the platform and the favor so I can help the poor. Yeah. And and really, in the end, that to me is real, really where I want to go. And I think, oh, I'll give up the other stuff and just do that. But then I'd be shooting myself in the foot. Right. Because right, I wouldn't yeah. be asked to speak then. Right. The other <laughs> stuff gives you the entree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be back. Uh, stay with us. We'll be back for a final word in just a moment here on the Pirate Month Podcast. Love me today, love me tonight. Mama calls and it's so right. Flesh and bone, no mystery. I'm just a boy in your sheep. Why do you wait to change your mind? Two, three, four.
wrapping things up here with Love Me Today off of Aaron Porter's new project of the ground. Uh, what about that song, man? Uh, I understand your wife absolutely loves it. Yeah, she won't let me play it in front of the kids anymore. <laughs> uh, she, she sometimes catches me. Uh, used to used to play with the band at a at a bar. I will not say the name, but it smells like vomit and. Uh-huh. Uh, the stage faces a wall, and then all the tables in the bar are off to the left. So you're you're usually playing to nobody, right? Uh, unless you can get them up and dancing. But I would I'd always be standing. You're almost standing on the bar, and I'm watching guys picking up girls, yeah. and I just wasn't. I was married when I was 19. I wasn't in the bar scene, and I'm watching how cheesy it is. Like I can't believe that any woman would fall for these tactics. Yeah. So uh, I wrote "Love Me Today." so that I could play it at that bar, and it's just explaining exactly what the guys at the bar are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a lot of fun to uh, to sing that to the women at that particular bar. <laughs> and that's Love Me Today. Your Jesus <laughs> called and said, it's all right. Okay. All right, well, we love you today. We'll love you more if you send us uh, send us some mail. We'd love to hear from you. You can, you can write us at, at uh, piratemonthpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so, uh, uh, f- once again, tell them a time on the way out. If they want to get uh, connected with you, what are the best places for them to reach you? Uh, two places. Uh, for If you're a musician, you want to learn to be a better performer, onstagesuccess.com. Mm-hmm. If you're anybody that stands in front of people or has an idea and how a pastor, a whatever, and want to help the poor, um, livemusiccares.com or need tour support want to go out and make a little bit extra money uh, it's multiple streams of revenue if you're an artist that's my whole thing but that's livemusiccares.com or onstagesuccess.com okay all right once again tom thanks for joining us time has flown we're going to have to leave you now but we'll see you again next week here on the pirate monk podcast arg arg i was going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Taking hold and taking